gals. Looper. Uh, I'm Brian. I'm Brad. And this is our first two-minute non-spoiler review. And we'll give our rating and get into the spoilers. Brad, this was uh, the first one won on our Marble stream to decide the list. Submitted by you. You want to start the the marble rolling, the ball sure. rolling by saying why uh, why this was on uh, ten uh, one of your ten choices? Yeah, um, I think it's a really good sci-fi movie that deals with time travel in a kind of a very um, Star Wars like way, <laughs> and we'll get Star- into that in the- Star Wars. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a joke, so don't go too far into that. Um, but it deals with time travel. Um, that was, that was pretty interesting. Um, I don't think it's a movie that a lot of people, I think it's a movie that kind of got overlooked, um, towards the end of Bruce Willis's, um, career. Cause I don't really think he's done a whole lot after this. Oh yeah. After his his, burning, uh, burning down the house in the nineties. Well, he's done a ton anything that's not direct to dvd or yeah or, or yeah. a um horrible diehard sequel <laughs> then, uh, take, a, take a quick look here lucky number 11 but that was before this yeah uh, i remember you i think i remember you speaking fondly of lucky number 11 i remember seeing it back in the day and i just wasn't uh, i wasn't grasped yeah i mean i thought it was good I, it might be another one on this list that might be might be underrated, but ooh, look at the box numbers, box office numbers for that movie. Ooh, ouch! Which one? Uh, um, <laughs> lucky number eleven. Gotcha. <laughs> well, I'll say like this one. I don't. It, it got. Uh, I don't want to mention the other film because I know that the writer's a uh, asshole, piece of shit, but. Uh, it feels, it felt like a movie that got a lot of buzz back in the day uh, for me. Like this was the this was the indie darling, blah blah blah, uh, yeah. And something that people got excited to see, like one of those word of mouth blockbusters. Um, I mean, Ryan Johnson's next film was a Star Wars film. Okay. <laughs> so and he spells his, he spells his name really funny too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, R R I A N. Okay. <laughs> That's why I'm saying it spells his name funny. It just looks weird. But yeah, this was this was originally. Um, You're getting canceled in about five years for that. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> uh, by that time, I won't even care. <laughs> I'll be like, I don't remember saying that, but sure, I believe you. And they'll be like, Here's the recording of you saying this. And I'll be like, Sounds like me. It could be me. Just a lot of weird flex, but okay. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this was originally premiered at the uh, Toronto International Film Festival, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like an indie that you know was was brought up. Yeah, I, I guess how I would uh, equate it is like at least the buzz at the time reminds me a lot about the buzz around Memento. Mm, okay, like that was the that was the feel. Like yeah. he had done other ones, and I'd even seen what. Actually, Brick got a lot of traction also with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but I had only seen uh, The Brothers Bloom with uh, Adrian Brody, some other people, a, a cameo by um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, a very interesting cameo because it made you think, oh, he's going to show up later. And then he did not. Um, but, uh, and also the last time I heard Bruce Willis being nice. <laughs> Like he really complimented Ryan Johnson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because he he did Brick Looper, Star Wars: Last Jedi, and Knives Out. Yeah, and those uh, are the ones he's best known for. But and to give context, like the other movie, I remember him at least in terms of talking about a director was Cop Out, which came out two years before that. He was <laughs> n- at least from the stories that Kevin Smith said, because I don't think Bruce Willis said it publicly. He was not nice, not at all. I, I can I can see person. What'd you say? It kind of. I can see. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I can see Bruce Willis being that kind of person. Yeah, apparently it gave me a lot of respect for Tracy Morgan. If I didn't have it before then, which was uh, because apparently Bruce Willis just started acting like a big fat baby on set, and Tracy yeah. Morgan started, uh, even though he had a fucking hole in his foot from a surgery connected to his diabetes he started like doubling his effort to take the stress off the crew and everybody around him like making up for that vacuum that the baby willis (laughs) so caused to do to start start telling jokes and stuff or like things like uh well just taking everything in stride not being a prima donna like just literally helping around as far as i can tell like one day they were supposed to have a walk and talk literally just a walk and talk just this is the exposition. These are the plot points to catch everyone up, blah, blah, blah. And Bruce Willis just went, I feel like my character wouldn't be talking in this scene. <laughs> and it was literally just him talking to his partner because he didn't want to do the work of remembering the lines or whatever. He was, uh, so tra- they had to figure out a rewrite on the day away for Tracy Morgan to basically monologue what was a well, why is this? Oh, because of this. Like, you know, two characters fucking helping each other that's, out. That's crazy. That yeah. is, that's nuts. Well, Just, I mean, to be to be that big of a prima donna would be crazy. But I guess, I mean, when you're that famous and you've been in this game for that long, you're probably kind of just tired of everything and you're probably just like, and how, how can I phone this in? Yeah, very uh, the opposite of Ted Lasso. Be judgmental, not curious. Like yeah. Kevin Smith was a. To be fair, Kevin Smith was a first-time action director for that film. He didn't have any experience, so he was very green, very inexperienced. Could have like used a an action star, a grizzled veteran of the craft, there to guide him. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely but could in, have. But instead, he was just like, he doesn't know what he's doing. I yeah, am I'm out. checked out. <laughs> but I don't, I don't really think he checks out of this movie. No, yeah, no. He, he I, gave, I think he was, he was very complimentary of Ryan Johnson. Yeah, he just, he didn't, he seemed like he put in, put in work for this movie. So, yeah, which is, were, which is a plus. And then somebody else who put in a lot of work was um, Joseph Gordon Levitt's. I mean, studying his mannerisms, how the way he talks. Um, yeah. Obviously, they had to do prosthetics, um, which kind of throws you for the first second or two, and then you're just over it. But um, uh, yeah, I would say he did a really good job, you know, studying up and and becoming young Bruce Willis. I mean, it's yeah. mildly mildly believable. 
Yeah. Um, I think it, for to be non-spoiler about it, I think if anybody watched the Terminator was like, I would like to empathize with the Terminator. <laughs> then this is your movie. This is the and have some interesting like visual flair with the direction and some other stuff. It's it's uh I'm I'm interested to hear why this is uh you know Star Wars esque time travel if we need to wait for spoilers for that, because uh, I think the biggest thing about the movie is how flawed the time travel is. Yeah. And we'll get into it. Like it's, it's just a, a big red pimple. (laughs) We're like, (laughs) okay, I'll have to accept that this doesn't make any sense. And, but this this movie lacks a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to trying to do this. Lacks a lot of rules, but stays consistent with the lack of rules. It doesn't try to like <laughs> lack of rules. Oh, That's how but you can. This, but this is here, and the, the... Well, we can forget the rule for thirty seconds. Why would we figure out this? So you're saying it's a Michael Bay film in its logic? Yeah. yeah. As, as yeah. convenient. Yeah. Just it's, it's yeah. And it kind of makes it kind of since there's like no rules, you're just like, well, it could happen because we don't know the difference. Yeah. And basically, so. if you don't get bugged or your mind doesn't wander about the rules of time travel and you can just turn that part of your brain off and really mm-hmm. get invested in the character, this is the movie for you. Yeah. If, um, if you think movies, I'm trying to think of a good one. You're still uh, going to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, Interstellar, where there's too many rules and they try and try and do the whole time travel and and 4d and stuff like that where they try and do that too much this is the opposite of that <laughs> if, if if interstellar was too much too many rules and this is not enough rules you got to find a good happy medium well what was too few rules this one oh this, this is one. This, gotcha. this one is has like almost no rules interstellar yeah. is too far the other way of it almost hurts your mind thinking about yeah that's um, fair that's very uh Christopher Null. <laughs> Too many rules. You know, but yeah. Yeah. I remember in an interview, like he talks about how he had it all mapped out or whatever, and they could have had an eight minute scene explaining the uh, rules. And yes, smarter to just cut it out. However, I'll say like what Christopher Nolan and what Ryan Johnson both could have learned. And I haven't seen Interstellar is going to that interstellar level of having the rules and just getting it so minute so that you know it and then cut out 80% of the rules from the exposition. <laughs> because as long as it makes sense and you know that it makes sense to an undeniable degree, the audience can sense that. And I mean, hey, you could always just put it on a special feature and like actually explain all the rules outside of the film. But when it's like this, it's just like, no, there's, ah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. I tried. It doesn't. I really tried. (laughs) And there's more than one gaping hole of logic. And I'll I'll explain to it. I'll explain it when we get it, or at least my take on it when we get into spoilers. But uh, what else? Anything else you'd like to say for the non-spoiler section before we get into our review? No, I'm just I'm interested in the spoiler section, so I'm that's what that's what I'm here for. 
All right. Well, my <laughs> my rating is a joint. Okay. I think it's a it's it would have been a jointy um, edible if the rules of time travel worked. You know, I think its flair and its character work are exceptional, and then the story just falls apart under scrutiny in terms of the plot. So it it was teetering on edi- some parts of it are edible and some parts of it are skunky. Or yeah, so yeah, together a, a joint. I, that- I'm gonna go with um, jointy edible, um, so nice. I think it's like I think it's like a you know solid C plus. Um, yeah, I think I think it fires on all cylinders. I think the lack of rules and as long as this is you know a sci-fi movie, as long as you can kind of turn off your mind a little bit and just go with it, you're okay. As soon as you start like okay, analyzing, adding up one plus one equals two, sure, bring the two here. That's when it starts getting kind of messy. Yeah. Um, but I, but when you deal with time travel, I mean, it's. I think time travel is just one of those hard things to do in, in movies. It just, it's tough. It's tough because you have to explain too much, or you don't explain at all. And I, this movie went to the don't explain it at all <laughs> section. <laughs> yeah. But either either you get too complex and too convoluted, or you just have to just go with it. This movie just says, "Hey, just go with it. It's fine." <laughs> Hell, I mean, like Endgame. What is it? It literally just basically said, so Back to the Future's bullshit. And they did it twice. And it took up probably a total of like 60 seconds, maybe 120 seconds. And it's great. Works. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, anyway, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you, I should have said, said it before, but if you want to actually watch it and buy it, the affiliate links down below. <laughs> and it has a very nice steelbook. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, I'll see if that's on Amazon and put a link down below if it is. But uh, I think it is. If, all right. not, if not, there's other websites. What do you want to talk about for? Do you want to just blow open all the plot holes sure. <laughs> immediately? Absolutely. All right. I, I, I'll go. I'll go. I'll, I'll start this off cool. with because obviously time travel is going to be the biggest part of this thing. Um, I like the fact that they just kind of like do the this. These are not your droids. Hand wave when it comes to this. When it comes to the time travel, when they're sitting at the, they're sitting at the diner, he's like, "I can explain time travel to you, but we're gonna spend the rest of the day here, and we're gonna be drawing models out with straws and uh, building forts with straws." Yeah, it says just it, it'll make your head hurt. That <laughs> so I'm like perfectly just, like, fine hand- with that scene. Yeah, perfect. I love it. I'm I'm glad that they just kind of hand waved like these are not your these are not the doors you're looking for. Yeah. Just move on. Um. So I, I like how they did that. I mean, it's better than trying to get it all convoluted and this is how it actually works or just accept the fact that it works and call it a day. Yeah. So if, if I was given the two options, I would rather just have, okay, time travel works. Yes, it's messy. Yes, well, there's going to be some issues with it, but just accept that this is this is how it's done. Yeah. But yeah. So what do, what do, what do you think about that? Uh, I love this. Like I said, I love that scene. I don't want to change a th- single thing about it. Um, I mean, if you added one or two things, sure. But here, the, this is the biggest time to travel gripe that people said when they were reviewing it, which is how do the tracker things that track people who would be dead stop working? Like, technically according to at least maybe this was in an interview, but everyone in the future has like 
nanobots or something that could help them track them. That's why they send them back to the past to kill them and dispose of them. But, you know, they throw them into a furnace. So why couldn't in the past, if that destroys the nanobots, why don't they throw them into a furnace in the present? And if it doesn't destroy the nanobots, why don't they just find like a mass grave of like a thousand people in one place with all their nanobots? Um, it would have been well, nice they, to they, just they probably throw. Would. Huh? They probably would. Have, they probably would if they opened up that furnace. <laughs> well, I mean, the, you're, the you're supposed to abandoned crematorium out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to be able to find them, though. You know, so like it wouldn't change if the nanobots were not destroyed. Then it's like a week after they disappeared, they'd be like, all right, show me where the nanobots are this place. And then how does that save anything? Uh, If they said that the time travel. Like destroyed the nanobots or the nanobots couldn't come back with you. Immediately solve that. Um, But those weren't mine. My biggest gripes were obviously the fact that him killing himself at the end mm-hmm. would cause a paradox. It wouldn't just make Bruce Willis disappear. It would make the whole time, all the events of Bruce Willis coming back change. If it'll change Bruce Willis disappearing suddenly, it would change all the events that would lead up to that. And then everything would reset because it wouldn't have happened. So, you know, he literally has to, go back in time for him to kill himself so it's a paradox it doesn't work but the (laughs) biggest thing and i get why they did it to make us empathize with um bruce willis more but like him having a reality where he kills himself like closes his loop and then lives the rest of his life and meets his wife and everything Mm -hmm. couldn't happen because in that reality he didn't go find the child, shoot him in the face and kill the mother. And that's like one of the things he mentions in the diner scene is there's rumors of his mom being killed and him being disfigured. Yeah. So he never would have created the rainmaker in Um, the reality um, where he closed his own loop. Unless there's, it's alluding to, and we're going to get super deep into this, probably way deeper than we even mean to. Um, Unless we're talking about multiple strings of reality kind of similar to dr strange looking in the future oh i went through 14 million realities this we only we only win once that's the thing though because if it is that time travel that end game time travel of multi multiple realities then joe young joe killing himself would not have killed old joe yeah because Unless, unless that it just would have caused it, but it can't, can't, you know, it can't be both. It it can either be back to the future of like everything you change, something in the past changes in the future and then paradox or multiple realities where if, if it's multiple realities, then young Joe killing himself, would just made old Joe go like the fuck did he, you know, young Joe cutting into himself. Beatrix would not have changed uh, old Joe's arm. You know, so it's like, uh, what is it? There's this great movie that turned into a pretty entertaining TV show called. Uh, oh, it was like radio signal or something. I don't know, but it, it was a radio signal. Sounds familiar. I, 
I don't think I've seen it, but I've I've believe I've heard that. It's not that. It's uh it was about a little boy who grew up without his father because his father was killed in uh in a fire. And he ends up finding a uh ham radio or something that lets him talk to him over thirty years. Oh, uh, there's a mailbox one like that too, where they write letters to each other in the mailbox. Oh, that is Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock in the Lake yeah. House. Lake House. I, kn- I know because I was the one person who liked that movie when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Congratulations. Uh, How was it? <laughs> I thought it was really good. I thought it, uh, you know, nothing crazy, but I didn't think it deserved the hate it did. Although I could just go back to it and figure it out. But, um, Another TV show that's doing that now is Archive 81 on Netflix. It's a Netflix show that deals with stuff like that. He's um, putting together tapes. Um, he's uh, restoring like old um, cassette tapes and stuff like that for the, some museum of some sort. And somebody, some big high up person wants him to restore tapes from a fire um, of an apartment building in New York. So he goes to this compound and does it and he can communicate and he sees with the person that he's restoring the tapes for, or the, the girl that's recording the tapes. It's, it's super interesting. What's it called? Um, Archive 81. Gotcha. I'll tell you that. Uh, the movie I was talking about is frequency. So spoilers okay. for the movie. Uh, but you know, at the end he gives, uh, he gives him a tip about who's causing the arson that, uh, ends up killing his father and his father then makes a different choice and survives and is alive the whole time. So it's back to the future <laughs> rules kind of, um, but yeah, so <laughs> either old Joe always comes to the past and creates rainmaker or he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think there's so, any way. I don't think there's any way that kid doesn't turn into the raid maker after the events of the movie, regardless of um, Joe killing himself. Yeah. There's um, a chance I he always this, becomes I, it. I, I, that kid got shot in the face. Um, <laughs> he's also one of the strongest TK users that they've ever seen. I mean, yeah, uh, but there's, I, no way, there's no way that kid doesn't become super powerful in the future. I, yeah, he's going to become super powerful, but the, the interesting thing that I liked about this movie is that it's all about his morality. You know, that's what's on the line. Everyone in power who you hate could have been good. You know, 99% of them could have been good if they had better influences. Um, or, or something would have changed in their life to, to not send them down that path. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'll say after like all the criticism of the last Jedi and I liked it more than most, but I, could acknowledge his flaws, but I didn't defend it as much as like Patrick Willems, who <laughs> seemed to have, no offense to Patrick Willems, but he seemed to have his head up his butt. Like he he gaslit people who didn't like it. First off, people were very, very vocal. If they were as, you know, being as nasty as um there were a lot of people who were being really nasty to Marie Tran, I think her name was. Fuck those people. All those people can go Rose? fuck them. Yes. They can all okay. go fuck themselves. They harassed her off social media. Go fuck yourself. That would have been a proper position to come from. But he, in his defense, since he liked the movie more than most, 
he just criticized people's criticism of the movie. <laughs> like about the first <laughs> and second one, he he wrote, I think it was either for the first or second one, but he wrote, this is a uh, m- space movie for kids about wizards or, you know, something like that. <laughs> like just really minimalizing people's legit criticisms of it um, in a kind of condescending way. And then when uh, Rise of Skywalker came out, he was crushed. And part of me was just like, and I like Patrick Williams, but sometimes he just makes some uh, very uh, not great arguments. His video on Kevin Smith is one that I've been meaning to make like a response video of when I finally get the time to do a full video. But uh, because it's just full of like horrible arguments. Um, But anyway... Like I'm not uh, after all the valid criticisms and stuff. I remember seeing an interview where an interview was like, so like what? So you listened to all the criticisms, like anything you learned from it, anything you like thought, Oh yeah, that's actually valid. And Ryan Jones just goes, Nope. Nope. <laughs> and I'm just like, my guy, like yeah. you're not fucking perfect. No, not even. No one is. Yeah come on like just be open-minded don't be yeah. you know uh don't be joe rogan <laughs> <laughs> uh i was just thinking of that because joe rogan like apologized to spotify for all this stuff and i'm like and he, he put it as like i make mistakes and I'm like you listen to someone with very credible provable provable evidence for hours and they're like so did i change your mind at all and you're like nope Nope. No, I, I read on Facebook one time that this this is the truth. So yeah. just acknowledge that you have confirmation bias. Yeah. I don't care no. about your doctor that you've studied this for the last 80 years. Yeah. I'm I heard I saw on Facebook <laughs> by my crazy, crazy uncle that this is true. Um anyway, so I don't think there was anything any changing uh his mind. Like if someone was like, This time travel doesn't make a lot of sense, you'd be like, Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. He just smiles. Just smiles. Part, of, part of me go, go to like Comic Con and just he just smiles. He's sitting there smiling. Kind of looks like a um, what's the guy from The Hobbit? Um, Bilbo. Yeah, what's the one actor? of the dwarves? No, uh, which one, Martin Freeman? No, the famous one, the 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 Bilbo Baggins. I mean, Martin is, Freeman is played the young Bilbo Baggins. Is that who no, you're talking the about? One the, no, the one in the regular movie, the one in the really? actual Lord of the Rings, not, not the Hobbit ones. All right, that says something about me because I'm like Martin Freeman's definitely the more famous one. <laughs> oh, um, you talking about Smeagol? No. Okay. You're just. I, I, think, well, you're just tro- I, I think you're trolling. No, me at this point. I, I what Martin Freeman got famous with Sherlock, and he's been in uh, you know the Hobbit trilogy, and he was in you know Marvel. Elijah Wood. Mar- Get out the, of here. That's not Bilbo. That's Frodo. No, Frodo. Who cares? <laughs> Follow him to me. Thinking of like the old Bilbo, I'm like, I don't know who that actor's name is. He he kind of looks like an old like. <laughs> get out of here! You're adopted. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> oh my god! I wasn't. I wasn't trolling you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was on the wrong character. Because I've. I've seen all. I've seen the extended Lord of the Rings. Actually, relative recent, um, the extended versions. So I've yeah. watched them all once. 
I've seen all the movies minimum one time. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm in no rush to see uh, Battle of Five Armies I, after Smog. I, Desolation of Smog. I was so pissed because I'm just like it's fucking three hours and there was no Smog fight. Hmm. I didn't see him desolating shit. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen the Hobbit movies, so I need oh, to, okay. I probably need to watch those. Nope. No, you don't. Nope. No, you don't. I feel like I should. Yeah. If, but if you wanted to recast this movie and make um Jorson Gordon Levitt's turn make him Elijah Wood and then turn Bruce Willis into Ryan Johnson, you probably could. You could probably do it. Oh. Okay. I mean just just make just change the two characters and Ryan Johnson could be in his own movie. <laughs> and they wouldn't even have to do much much changing of like they wouldn't have to add the nose like they did to um gordon levitt's just it's crazy I, I that's all i see when i look at ryan johnson is just elijah wood <laughs> old elijah wood just look at his imdp imdp page or uh, i guess i'm on wikipedia look at his wikipedia page when he's in the black suit with a red tie just looks like elijah wood nice all right <laughs> Probably probably a super nice guy, but uh, I'd probably mistake him for Elijah Wood the first time. Jesus Christ. I just looked up Elijah Wood, and there's a Daniel Radcliffe, Elijah Wood face split. Why? Is it like face off? <laughs> no, it's kind of, but they just did a great job of actually like marrying the faces together and just. <sighs> nope. Don't do that. <laughs> There's one where where it's split down the middle and it just looks more aesthetically pleasing because you know it's separated. <laughs> like your brain can see the line. <laughs> but when it's put together, just nope. No thanks. Uh <laughs> anyway, uh let's see. Jeff um Jeff Daniels uh, is in this movie. Yes. Uh well what I what I want to say about uh Ryan Johnson really quickly is like he this is like middle tier of his films, I think. I don't remember Brothers of Bloom. That had Mark Ruffalo. It was good. I remember enjoying it. But uh, uh, right, The Last Jedi is a little lower, I think, for me. And then... The, the, Knives, so, Loop, so Looper's actually second in your list. Yeah, and Knives Out, Knives Out is just top tier. Like yeah, knives out was you, fantastic. You you leave Ryan Johnson to do what he's good at, which is can uh what does he love to do? He loves subverting expectations. Keep him in a mystery who done it. I believe fantastic. I believe Knives Out two and three are gonna be excellent. I just if he comes back for his, the Star Wars trilogy he was supposed to do, I'm just gonna be like ooh. It, we we gonna have some issues <laughs> yeah because he's i think he's you know slated for the the next unnamed trilogy that's oh, supposed to come he, out they're, like, they're not gonna do it they they no. had a trilogy they were supposed to do with the game of thrones creators before they shit out the last two seasons according to everyone's opinion because i haven't seen it i know you like it but yeah, I mean, those... part of it's just part of it's just that you don't have a source material. You're kind of just winging it. Yeah, you're going off what some old man has. They had, yet. Yeah, they had the <laughs> outlines, but like, yeah, no, that that quietly stopped happening as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Knives Out is in post production, so I mean, hopefully, hopefully, with that this year, it'll come on uh, Netflix. Yeah, well, Knives Out did, so I'd hope so. 
Well, Netflix owns Knives Out two and three. Oh, do they? Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah they, but they're, they they bought the it first. for a hundred million dollars, just the rights, and then gave yeah. them. It's yeah, it's coming out in twenty twenty two. Is what Google says. Yeah, I mean, but it wouldn't be the first movie to go to first Netflix movie to go to um, theaters. So. Oh yeah, I, I I have no doubt it'll have a theatrical run. Just because how good the first one was. Yeah, and because Ryan Johnson seems like a in another way like Christopher Nolan, where he'd be like, "I'll die if this doesn't go to theaters." Get a box office number. I they want my even, box office. Honestly, I'm pretty sure if they just put in one theater for a whole year and just were like, yeah, anyone come to this one singular theater, both directors would be like, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> dreams um, have come realities. Yeah, I don't know. If it's not if it's not clear, I don't have a lot of respect for inflexibility. <laughs> in creative industries i i get loving what you love but if you're so inflexible that like everything else but the thing you love is death <laughs> like oh my god they would watch tedded on their phone never we need to stop this then i'm like okay calm down <laughs> um but yeah, I'm very excited to have uh what is it? Ooh. Catherine Hahn, Dave Batista, Ed Norton. That's gonna be funny in Knives Out 2. Ed Norton being like, So you you in the MCU? How's it how is it these days? <laughs> <laughs> and to Catherine Hahn. But anyway, what else uh, what else, you know? My my oh, I should have said this in the unspoilers. But when I saw this film in 2012, my daughter was like a year. Okay. Well, no, she she was like a year old or less, and she was just learning to walk. So I was in the theater with her, and we had to be on the lowest level because she just wouldn't stop walking around. So I had to be like have one eye on her as she's like just holding on to a chair and then scooting over to another chair where no one was and scooting over to another chair <laughs> and one eye on the movie. And she didn't look at the movie once until like near the third act when there's like, dude, and she would just be like holding on to the chair, just doing nothing, but that's what she's doing. And then it would happen. She's go. <laughs> and like, look at the screen. Cause she's like, that's where the sound came from. And the sound, it. and then just go back to it. Another like loud sound. <laughs> I actually played that out for. She came home halfway through the movie when I was watching it. I showed her what she did. She was <laughs> but, uh... um, Jeff Daniels, probably my favorite character in this movie. Um, as the like gangster that comes back in the past and just like, um. It's just like, yeah, time travel. Yeah, it's messy. It'll mess with your head. But uh, yeah, let's go kill these guys. <laughs> he's just like, he just hangs out in the back room of like the of a bar or whatever. <laughs> just hangs out. Yeah. I mean, his his whole job. I was like, man, I went back from the future back to the past. I just hang out here. No big deal. You should go to China. I'm going to France, motherfucker. I'm from the future. You should go yeah. to China. <laughs> 
anyone who hasn't seen the newsroom, I only saw like the first two seasons, and I think there's three, but it has him and you know other people that you'd be impressed by, and it's it's just fucking great. Uh, an HBO show? I thought it was an HBO show, but I see it's on Hulu right now. Hmm, that's weird. Yeah, it is an HBO show. Hmm. That's kind of weird. Uh, scandalous thing I'm about to say, but I've never seen Dumb and Dumber. Oh, wow. That's... But I have seen Dumb and Dumber too. Oh, then you wouldn't understand like the first 20 minutes of that movie. <laughs> I I didn't understand why any of it was made in the sequel. The sequel. The sequel. Okay. Yeah, the sequel wasn't needed. Um, was definitely not needed, but... Or should we call it the threequel? Because Dumb and Dumber exists. Yeah. Uh, man. The the first one was great. I don't know. They just should have just killed it there. Should have just left it and been okay with it. But money talks and here we are. Uh, I just love that they did that. And then like however long, five years later, uh, Keanu Reeves was like, let me show you how to do this. Bill and Ted. Yeah. Specifically Bill and Ted. Specifically. Not Matrix 4. Yeah. I've, I still haven't seen the Matrix 4 though. So just if you're very well versed in how the action scenes played out in the other three movies uh, be ready for it to feel like an epileptics nightmare okay which is very very weird it's not going to be stroby but like they were so patient holding shots much like John Wick is today with those films that it's now just so cut up that you're like, Jesus Christ, whoever edited taken three <laughs> really, really came to showed up to work on matrix four. Uh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen the matrix three, four, five times. Um, but the other two, I've maybe seen once. And that's all you need. Yeah. If, maybe if, once. if that, <laughs> I, I understand the premise. <laughs> <laughs> I know what, plot happened <laughs> yeah uh but where were the characters outside of keanu reeves and the and the girl trinity Harry yes. Ann moss okay. yes trinity <laughs> has love interest yeah um but yeah i don't know i don't have a lot to say about looper this this movie also one another connection that i made between this and interstellar is they use the same trucks and i don't know if it's like the same the exact same i'd have to take a look but like pickup trucks apparently in the future are going to have like fuel cells behind or in the truck bed and then there's going to be like um think of like a gas pump line going down the tailgate around the back and into your gas tank and it's going to look like a gas nozzle. <laughs> All right, this, I, this movie has it when they're doing the trucks. And also Interstellar, the truck that Matthew McConaughey drives, is, does the same thing. So you're talking that's about be regular, the, the regular pickup trucks or like that yeah, like white a, like, truck that he was? Okay. No, the regular pickup truck. Okay. Not like the milk truck thing with all the gold bars in the back of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the... Uh... I'll say the the this how he only turned in half of his silver bars like that made like it was cool visually, 
But like, yeah. he could have stashed the other half of the cash. I, I mean, yeah. I guess he it, keeping the silvers like stock. If the silver goes up, but like he could have, he could have taken a lot of the uh, leverage that they had against him away by just stashing half the cash. Yeah. And then not hiding his buddy or his not buddy buddy into his vault. <laughs> yeah. That that didn't help him at all. Dude, Paul Dano, our our Riddler coming up. No, yeah. In, in the, the, Batman. the Batman. Yeah. Uh what do you what do you have you seen a lot of Paul Dano uh films? Mm-mm. Little I Miss Shun, Sunshine, Ruby Sparks, There Will Be Blood. Nope. Wildfire, nope. I don't know wildfire. I'm just looking. I I have um, Wikipedia open, so I'm able to cheat a little bit. I need to put uh, Ruby Sparks in the list if I didn't already, because that is like night and day. Cowboys what? and aliens. He was in the Tom Cruise movie Night and Day. I'm double checking. Yep, he was. He was Simon Feck. What a piece of shit movie. <laughs> hey wait wait wasn't that no but yeah wasn't that in the marbles race what night wasn't and day night, yeah. i'll never put it there oh i didn't put it there i thought you put it there <laughs> Ooh, i'm not doing that <laughs> oh, he was in 12 years of slave too yeah he was yeah he was one of the slave owners uh one of the assholes uh he was in oakja which i haven't seen but uh yeah ruby sparks is fucking fantastic if anyone enjoyed Little Miss Sunshine, they need to go on Netflix and watch Living With Yourself, um, Paul Rudd, and Ruby Sparks. Both are, I believe, directed by the same people who directed Little Miss Sunshine. Nice. And all three of them are fan-fucking-tastic. Yep. They also did Battle of the Sexes, which I still have not seen with Emma Stone and Steve Carell. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that either. And we've also made it this far without talking about Emily Blunt. <laughs> she, she put on a good accent. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Uh, Emily Blunt co-stars in like Edge of Tomorrow. Yep. Which I did not love as much as the rest of the world. So I need to see it, it again. It was all right. It was all right. Yeah. I, don't, I, I wouldn't say love. I would say it was all right. Yeah, I thought it was all right. And everyone was like, it's one of the greatest things ever. I'm like, hmm? is it? Is it really? It's not that um, bad. It's not that good. Uh, Jungle Cruise, she was just in. The, yeah. the Quiet Place Part 2. Both bad movies, unfortunately. Oh, Quiet I mean, Place still... Part 1 is... Oh. Yep. Um, Editing, Brian. Uh, at this point, I started doing a deep dive of... Dwayne Johnson's IMDb and it went all the way to doing a deep dive on Will Smith's IMDb and it just had like basically nothing to do with this film. So it that's at the end. Uh, I'll mention when, you know, after our outro and everything. Uh that's at the end if you're interested. Uh so let's just skip ahead to the next part that's actually relevant to this movie. So some of the some of the fun facts about this movie. Um Joseph uh, Gordon Levitz was practicing his French. He's actually in real life fluent in French. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it's just funny that he's practicing lifting, listening off a tape recorder. <laughs> nice. Um, it was when they when he was hanging off the fire escape. Um, when they filmed that, it was actually Joseph Gordon-Levitt's thirtieth birthday. Nice. So as, as in the middle of the stunt, they stop everything and sing him "Happy Birthday" as he's hanging off up there. <laughs> so the crew came on and sang "Happy Birthday" to him and wheeled out a birthday cake. <laughs> that's fantastic that would be so hard to do like you're in the middle of a scene you're like trying to get it perfect especially a stunt like that Mm -hmm. yeah i'm sure he's suspended up there and he's in a harness and stuff but you're hanging on up there trying to act (laughs) this out and then all of a sudden the crew comes out and they're wheeling on a birthday cake singing happy birthday to you (laughs) that'd be so mentally that'd be so jarring editing brian back again to to tell you that I cut out a deep dive in Joseph Gordon-Levitt's IMDb and put it at the end of the episode. Uh, It's it's more relevant to this film since he is the star, but it's just, it it was just talking about his IMDb history. It has some good recommendations for other movies you might want to check out that you may not have heard of. I recommend listening to it, but just, you know, to keep this portion of the podcast streamlined, and relevant directly to Looper, let's uh, <laughs> let's jump into the next part that's actually about Looper. All right, so the, for this review of diving deep on IMDb's and also sometimes <laughs> talking about Looper, <laughs> uh, yeah, anything else you want to say about it? Um, just my my go to my go to budget information. Okay. So, so what do you what do you what do you think this? If you haven't seen it, what do you think this movie was? I specifically didn't. I stopped myself from looking it up because I knew you'd want to say. I would guess eight million. Eight. Def definitely under twenty million. No, wait. Considering the effects, I'll say under twenty million because they got Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis wasn't being like bitching about not being paid. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Oh, as a budget of thirty million. Oh shit! So yeah. it's higher. It's higher than you thought. I mean, but it's still low budget. We we're not into like the sixty, seventy, hundred million or anything crazy. But this was yeah. like a little bit of an indie film. Um, it kind of started off as an indie film. Yeah, if if there was some way that this could have been made for like a million dollars with lesser known actors and pulled everything off the same, I think this movie would have been even bigger. If yeah. it could have, if, 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 you know, it having a million dollars didn't hamper its marketing budget if, or whatnot, if everything stayed the same, but you replaced Emily Blunt, um, Jeff Daniels, Bruce Willis and Gordon, George Gordon Levitt's. If you replace yeah. those four characters with nobodies. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it reminded me of the, uh, buzz around hard candy with Elliot page and Patrick, uh, Patrick Wilson. Like that movie was made for under a million dollars and man, it, uh, I don't think it would have like, no one's talking about hard candy anymore, but at the time, I think they would have talked about it even more if it hadn't had such a big budget with the stars. It did. Well, that's, that's unfair. You know, because without the stars, I don't think it would have gotten the same attention. Yeah. I mean, in the first place, it's, it's tough, but I mean, this movie started off as Looper started off in indie fest- festivals, uh, small film festivals, stuff like that. So, 
Um, it really? could have gone. It, yeah, it was it was premiered at the um, Toronto Film Festival. It's all corrupt. It might be. It definitely <laughs> might be. Um, so, what do you think this movie brought in? Hundred million. Ooh, you're low. I'll I'll tell you, you're, you're low. Uh, am I very low or a little low? Um, in the grand scheme of things, a little low. But um, when we're talking about this small of numbers, you're you're really low. Well, I was so gonna. Ta- my new guess was gonna be 120, but now how you said that, I'm gonna say at 150. 170, 176 and a half. Damn. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they they made roughly 140 million. Um, yeah. we'll say advertising budget probably not that high so we'll yeah. say they made 130 million yeah that's not bad that's fucking great for that budget <laughs> yeah that's yeah, um bad. you know when uh i think the only like mainstream movies that make that kind of return are like avengers endgame <laughs> yeah i mean they, they they four times their money basically and that's yeah. assuming that's assuming they spent half, you know, fifteen million on marketing, which they probably didn't. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it won won a ton of awards for at different um, film festivals and film critic sessions and stuff like that. But they didn't. It, this movie hasn't won any major awards. So. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Ryan Johnson's career? Like what you've seen of his like looper um uh the last jedi and uh knives out like yeah. do you think like if if he had only done knives out i think people would be like ooh he might have a legacy like quentin tarantino yeah you know but um, I, I would with- be more i'd be more excited if, if he only did like Looper as like a starter and then mm-hmm. Knives Out was his next one and then Knives Out 2 and then you're telling me, ooh, he, he might be able to do, you know, some kind of trilogy, maybe not Star Wars trilogy because I think that would be kind of tough. But if you were to say, you know, he's going to do a Star Trek trilogy or something, I'd probably be a little bit more excited. Um, yeah, to be to be clear, I'd be more forgiving of a trilogy that was completely his own in uh, Star Wars, or I'd be happier for him because he wouldn't have been saddled with um, JJ's fucking mystery box with Luke Skywalker. Yeah, you know, like what what else c- could he have done with Luke Skywalker? The thing he got the most hate of. JJ just completely took him out of the plot, made him a hermit who didn't want to be found. How do you justify that? And then and then you find him at the end of the movie, and you're just like, all right, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was op- totally unfair. The opening of this movie is literally Luke taking the the um, <laughs> lightsaber and then hucking it. <laughs> yeah, just yeets, that, it, yeets it off a cliff. <laughs> there, there's different way. Like he should have just dropped it at his feet and walked over it. You know, not made it a fucking joke. I think that yeah. would have hit better. But like at the end of the day, there's very few options for you. You you literally can't be like, thank God you found me. Let me be hero again. That would have been weird. Yeah, that would have been you. People would have liked it more as a general audience, but like just thinking about it, but like, okay, so how, why was he cut off from the force? Oh, because he left his force bracelet off for the last 30 years. Cool. 
Yeah. And now he's back, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- I think out of the three though, I didn't. I liked the progression, but I was. I think the the last one was the worst one. I mean, oh, yeah. I think it just got way. And I know we'll get hate for this too because um, any star any Star Wars fans listening to this, it'll just go nuts. But I think they just got like they went overboard on like the the force through through those last three movies i the first four five six they do a good job kind of managing it one two three they kind of explain things but it's nothing crazy but like this movie you've got them like warping between places you've got them like jumping like three miles high and you've got them like just doing just crazy stunts for absolutely no reason Yeah, I don't think uh, our buddy Ryan from Granny Shift is going to be getting it this or far. A sort, but... a sort of Star Wars podcast is probably a little bit more relevant on this one, but true, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, on his Discord, <laughs> you had been talking about it, and I was like, "Yeah, nine pretty much shit all over seven and eight for me." So anything that I liked, I retroactively hated. And uh, no offense to Ryan, but he is very uh, in his own Star Wars echo chamber. He is like Star. He's like me with Kingsman, where it <laughs> takes me longer to recognize. I I I don't think I'm as bad as Ryan in this case because I can acknowledge you know some faults immediately. Where I think he's a little much, 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 much more forgiving. Um, but he was like. Nine was fan servicey, but I'm a fan. And I was like, I I didn't respond because I, I just why 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 do that to him? I don't feel like yeah. like putting I, him in a bad I mood, just, but I was like, I I'm like also a, I'm also a fan. I just hate it when they do a bad job. <laughs> yeah, I just like stirring pots. So I mean, that was it, yeah. You're it, a but, chef. I get it. Yeah, I like I like stirring the pot. I do that from time to time just to do it. <laughs> Um, but nine, I mean, just super fan servicey. Just, I mean, eight was starting to get there. Um, but nine just took was way over the top with fan service. Like they brought in like ships, they brought back Lando, they brought back old characters just to bring them back, just to put them in the background or give them two lines for Even absolutely the, no reason. Yeah, what is it? Uh, that that was a big problem with Rogue One. The the people who get in a fight with Luke Skywalker in the bar and one of their arms gets cut off are randomly on the planet that gets like blown up 10 minutes before it gets blown up with the kyber crystals and like so many critics were like why why you you just had it there just for the sake of it and then you're like okay in the next 10 minutes they somehow get off planet so they're totally fine (laughs) um and like r2d2 no not i think c3po shows up randomly at another point it's like all right well this this did nothing um Um, having Lando fly the Millennium Falcon like he did, uh, was it Empire Strikes Back? No reason, no reason for it. Just he's just flying it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think he said he says like two words to Chewie and then he just flies away. Yeah, I think no. there was another Filmento video that talked about how uh, Rise of Skywalker just like stole a shit ton of the same things from Endgame without earning them. <laughs> Endgame's getting a lot of shout-outs there. This little little known movie called Avengers Endgame. No one saw it. It bombed at the theater. It was a huge bummer. But you should check it out. Uh, but no, it literally took things like side-by-side 
and like compared it, it's just like, I am all the Sith. I am all the Jedi. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Why? Why is it so plotty? So much plot. So bad, 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 bad. It's a bummer because I was most excited about J.J. Abrams because of his Star Trek reboot in 2009. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It is what it is. I mean, I, I hope I hope Ryan Johnson keeps going. I mean, I hope he he gets more more movies, and I hope he finds his niche because obviously Knives Out was great. Um, so I hope he finds that niche, and I hope he kind of is able to expand from there. Whatever whatever he goes into after Knives Out, um, I don't know if he's got two and three or just two. But uh, they I mean, bought I, it. They paid a hundred million dollars to do two and three. Yeah, but I don't. Is he directing it? Oh yeah. He's writing, okay. directing him, his production company and Daniel Craig, like got a cut of the hundred million. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I, fantastic. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I hope he finds that niche. I hope he stays in it. I hope he is successful. <laughs> Stop venturing out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll say the same thing you said, but a little differently. I hope he, Get some self-awareness to know okay. his strengths and weaknesses. Sure. Absolutely. And I'm that'll, on board with that. you know, like I don't want to, uh, much like Joseph Gordon-Levitt didn't, or Matthew McConaughey didn't want to be pigeonholed. I don't want to pigeonhole him. I just want him to understand where his strengths lie. <laughs> you know, my, uh, Michael Bay had to learn that when doing uh, pain and gain. He wanted to make a Coen Brothers film because he's a huge fan of those films. He learned he's not great at making them. So he went to Six Underground and, you know, went back to Boom Boom. And that's that's his strength. You yeah. know, like I would love I love watching How I Met Your Mother. I would ne- I would be the wrong person to write that. It just wouldn't be me. I'd be closer to Kingsman, you know. Something uh, I wish I could say that I could be like James Gunn, but he's fucking insane, and I love him for it. And every, yeah, you know, uh, I, I can't but, imagine what his brain looks like. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not that. You know, I'd say, uh, yeah. At this point, I'm much closer to a Matthew Vaughn. If I had the skills to actually do a film like that, I would not be good at a romantic comedy. Yeah, you know? rom com rom coms have got to be so easy. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't be good at them because I wouldn't be interested in them. So I would do the most joke. cliche thing and hate it. Yeah, yeah, joke, joke. Um, find somebody you like, make a love triangle, and make it all work out in the end. You know, you can say that, Boom. but but if you had Michael Bay do a romantic comedy and oh, he, follow it'd that, terrible. it'd be terrible. And it'd if terrible. I did it, it would be the most. It would be just sad. It would be sad because you would feel the lack of love for the genre, for the craft of it. Yeah. Yeah. I can well, enjoy Ma- it, but you didn't have to Michael, love it. Didn't Michael Bay do a rom com? I hope not. <laughs> yeah, well, wasn't it called um Transformers? I mean it wasn't Transformers kind of two. Transformers two. <laughs> Where yeah, they keep saying who's gonna say I love you first? Yeah. So it kind of did one. <laughs> uh, I think two of the writers that were on that did uh, the Star Trek reboot and also a Michael Bay film called um, The Island, which was underappreciated. Ian McGregor, Scarlett Johansson, real good. 
that sounds familiar. I, I feel like I've seen that one. Yeah. Uh, I even listened to the audio commentary. Two fun things from that. One, Michael Bay is self-aware. Uh, he said that in the U.S., they they market it as this like heady, thoughtful sci-fi film about people who are being grown to be clones just so their uh, organs can be harvested if their famous counterpart goes ill. And in the rest of the world, they market it as boom, boom, Michael Bay. <laughs> and he was like, they should just market it here because it bombed here. Fucking yeah. idiots. <laughs> and, and then the other thing was, uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor at the end of the movie, they have sex. Um, and, you know, it's a thing that happens because it's a movie and it's Michael Bay. And he, he's told that Scarlett Johansson is in her dressing room and she won't come out. And he's like, all right, okay, I got to go and tell, tell her like it's going to be a small set. It's going to be very private. Intimate. Yeah. I was going to say intimate, but that might have been the wrong because I, yeah, I was like, that might not, might not want, be what she wants to hear. And it's going to be very private and, you know, we're, it's going to be very respectful. And he goes in and she's like, I am not, I'm not wearing this ghetto ass bra. I'm doing it topless. And he just went, Phew. all right, well, it's PG 13. So we can't. <laughs> he had to. Yeah convince her to have more clothes on than she wanted. <laughs> That's unusual. <laughs> Which is just hilarious. I mean, like, I, I wish she would have, you know, on the Ghost of Shell be like, I'm not wearing this white-ass skin. You're recasting. <laughs> I just want to finish that with your recasting, not... Give me some Asian makeup because I could totally see Scratch Johansson thinking that. <clears throat> just, just another person who needs more no people around, less yes people. Yep. And then you know Michael Bay also did Armageddon. Never saw it. What you've never seen Armageddon? Wow. That's Although I have a fun story from Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's in that, right? Yes. Yes. Ben, ben Affleck asked him, he's like, wait, so what is it? Minor? They're minors, right? No, it's um yeah. astronaut movie. No, yeah, but like what's his character? Like what uh let's see. Armageddon uh, yes. plot. Yeah, he's yeah, he's um he's gonna be the one drilling into the into the asteroid. Okay, so this leads to renowned driller Harry Stamper, Bruce Willis, who agrees to helm the dangerous space mission. So Ben Affleck was like, wait, so you're training miners to be astronauts. Why not just train astronauts to be miners? And he just looked at him and be like, how are you fucking direct? Or you fucking act and I'll fucking direct, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he basically was like, no questions. No, silencio. <laughs> I mean, he's the, like that, all right whatever <laughs> that movie ben affleck billy bob thornton Liv tyler uh will Patton, steve buscemi owen wilson michael duncan clark yeah. michael clark duncan um and then obviously bruce willis but i mean that that was a good movie i mean that if you're if you're looking for a good fantastic 90s popcorn this is fantastic 90s popcorn all right uh 
it, it's saying people also search for Independence Day. Better than yeah. Independence Day? Worse? Same? Uh, same. Okay. Same. I would say. Independence would... Day is definitely a weird fucking film when you think about it, but it's just so fun. Um, this this one isn't so much weird um, as much as... Sorry, when I was saying weird, I wasn't talking about the... I wasn't meaning the aliens. I was meaning the... We put a computer virus and we beat oh. them. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no. that's uh, that's pretty uh, weird. <laughs> what do you think I mean, about this... This movie is pretty straightforward. I mean, you you have ninety percent of the plot with what your your with your one sentence. Nice. We're training miners to be astronauts. You basically have ninety percent of the plot. But it's good. It's a good popcorn movie. I mean, it's one of those good, one of those nineties movies that you can watch a couple times. And be like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this. Mm-hmm. And it's doing the uh, the tradition of two different studios doing the same movie at the same time. Yeah, because Deep Impact came out. Mm-hmm. Just like, uh, what is it? Snow White and the Huntsman came out right around the time that Mirror Mirror came out. And uh, was it Rounders came out at the same time as uh, 21? That movie with uh, the kid from... He was in Across the Universe. I won't mention the villain of 21. All I can think, all I can think of is Twenty One Jump Street and oh twenty. Okay, that's the card movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he counts cards. Yeah, gotcha. I've seen this movie. The MIT students. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Man, we have we've talked about Looper probably for like half an hour (laughs) to the spoiler section. Uh, We've talked about a lot of things that have that are people that are in the movie and the directors but we we went off on a weird rock tangent there for a while too but yeah i I hope all the fun facts were valuable and people got some recommendations to other stuff like hard candy i would definitely recommend this that was a great fucking film and we're probably both gonna check out the lookout yes i put it on my list one of these days oh cool I just realized that the director of Hard Candy also directed 30 Days of Night, which are very different films, but both great. Hmm. He also directed the Twilight Saga Eclipse, so we won't mention that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just got something stuck in my throat. And it wasn't a bad, wasn't a bad love story. But (laughs) I still haven't watched the final movie. I've seen every other one. I watched it like with significant others at the time and then just one day i was super bored i was like yeah let me torrent this last one just to complete it just so i'm done and then i watched five minutes of it and i saw that fucking weird cgi baby face i'm like you know what thanks for telling me uh nope that this was wasting my time (laughs) yeah i've seen the first one for sure i think that's it i didn't continue (laughs) yeah you were smarter than me but uh, I've been, I'm saving that last Twilight film for like some punishment. <laughs> <laughs> some hey, hey, if this, <laughs> this podcast gets 10 reviews, we'll make them watch it. <laughs> you know what? Actually, if this podcast gets, uh, where is it now? Let me see. Apple podcast uh, movies are dope. If by the end of 2022, this 
podcast has how many ratings or reviews already? It already has four ratings. If it gets up to 13, then actually 11, seven more. If it gets seven ratings and reviews by the end of the year, let's let's review the Twilight Saga. The whole thing? Sure. Well, I was going to say the last one. Well, the last one. Okay. And you oh. have to skip everything. Okay. <laughs> I've, like I said, I've seen the first one, so I know I know where we're going. I'm fairly confident I've not seen the the middle one, and I know for sure I've not seen the last one. So. And by the last one, technically there are three books. No, wait, there's four books, but there are five movies because the last one did a part two. So oh, e- even better. So we'll only do part two. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should make holly do part one i'll do part two and i won't i won't watch anything <laughs> no no she's not gonna uh, corrupt her well based on how she reacted to watching the eternals which is just a film it's not it's just boring it is yeah, a lot of promise is pretty boring the way she reacted to that, I think she'd find my house and burn my house down if she had to watch a Twilight <laughs> film. <laughs> she should. Either that or she's just going to be like, you know what? Guilty pleasure. It's a 50-50. She either tries to murder me in my sleep in a fire or she's just like, you know what? It's just delicious trash. Um, um, there are movies like that. I mean, there are. There definitely are movies like that. Where, the, where you don't tell where you don't tell everybody that you watch it, but you secretly watch it once once a year, once every other year. <laughs> here, there, uh, there's two ways you can do this. Either we get up to, you know what? I'll just say, I said eleven because I wanted to add seven, but we've got a whole year. We got eleven months. I'll say seventeen total ratings and reviews across. Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so I'll add them together if it's 17 or more. Or the Spotify and Apple Podcasts have to have exactly the same number of ratings uh, on December 1st. Okay. So that by the end of the year we'll we'll uh, add a review for twilight part two so if this if no more ratings and reviews are added to apple Podcasts, then there needs to be four exactly four on spotify but i just prefer us to get to 17 i would too yeah because that would just be better but you know absolutely but but if there for context if there are eight reviews on Apple podcast ratings or reviews on Apple Podcasts and seven on uh, Spotify. No dice. It would have to be <laughs> eight and eight. So, yeah. If it's under 17 total, it just needs to match the number. <laughs> so, well, that's, I think that's pretty fair. I think that'll be tricky, but fair. I should, I should start adding that matching numbers to the other ones. You know, because if three people really want to see me eat a, a radish with the bomb sauce on it for something, you know, like, then I'll, 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 we'll give those three people the chance. 
But uh, yeah. God, God damn it. I don't like that we put that onto the world. <laughs> I, I think we'll, I think if we regret it, we regret it. If not, then oh well. <laughs> hey, at least it won't cause physical pain, just yeah, emotional. Just emotional. Yeah. You want to you wanna do the outro now? Um, sure. Yeah. This this movie may have been a jointy edible, edible, and maybe jointy. But either way, this movie Movies. is oh, is dope. dope. This movies are dope. <laughs> 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 I'm Brian, and I'm Brad, and you can find our socials in the links below. Go follow Brad on Instagram. Give yeah, I've got like all I've got like all five people. It's okay. <laughs> or join the movies or dope Discord. Yeah, that, that works too. We're both there, both pretty active. All right. Well, you all know what you need to do if you want to make us suffer and watch the last Twilight film. With that horrible CGI baby face. Look look up uh Twilight Breaking Dawn part two uh animatronic baby and nope Nope. i like (laughs) sleeping at night (laughs) uh i was gonna say it's not that just to trick you but i won't (laughs) but uh i like like sleeping after once you see that you'll understand why the cgi baby face came on but it's just like just get a fucking baby yeah just get a baby there's somebody and on the set that has a baby, I promise you. <laughs> you could you would have saved money on whatever fucking animatronic you made if you just got a baby and then used a fake one for every other shot. Just like just cover it with all the No Raps. one no one puts a fucking blanket over a baby's head when they're holding it upright. It's movie magic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. I am stopping. See ya everybody. See ya. Thank you. Editing Brian. This is the Dwayne Johnson and Will Smith deep dive. Enjoy. I, I still want to see Jungle Cruise. I haven't seen it, but God, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's it's aggressively mediocre and lazy in the first five minutes, and then it just gets lazier. Not by like, not by a lot. <laughs> it's does it, it just, just like lean on the rock, or what does it do? No, well, again, The Rock is only playing The Rock with one small difference. The way I'll sum it up, sum it up is like, that works with uh, Jumanji, because he's a 15-year-old kid in The yeah. Rock's body. A lot of mileage out of that. <laughs> um, in this one, he's The Rock, but he makes dad jokes that nobody likes. And that could have worked ish. It could have been serviceable. But uh, what I realize is that he delivers the dad jokes with the zest and verve of someone in a loveless marriage who's given up trying. So, <laughs> wow. You know, so if he said that's what she said, which they don't, but he would be like, that is what she said. You know what? That was a better performance than he gave. So it's wow. just, it's just like he would it's 
you know, he's trying to rip off stuff like literally his Jumanji movies or Pirates of the Caribbean or The Mummy to the point where I think he was like, wait, Johnny Depp did what in his final uh, Pirates movie? He just had an earpiece and he had them read stuff and he <laughs> and he just said what they told him and he did that with no effort. Like there was no there was no Rocky and twinkle to his eye. <laughs> you know, there was no uh, feeling of mischief when he said it. Like when I say a dad joke, my goal is to be as cring, make it as cringy as possible and then deliver it with such verve and zest that it, that it, the cringe is increased to 11. And if somebody, if the other person dies inside a little bit, success now everyone pretended like they died but he is man what a bad i watched it just to finally like satiate that like how bad can it man it's so bad (laughs) just god damn so mediocre we can tie this back to the first our first movie because um, Val New also did Cario, which had Emily Blunt in it. Oh, yeah. So we yes. can tie that back to Blade Runner. Look at that. We've gone full circle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see. Emily Blunt, because she, like, this accent is really good and she does a really good job. Um, and you know what? I'm going to give a little grace to Dwayne Johnson because I haven't said this in anything recorded, but. Um, his most recent comment on his and Vin Diesel's feud and him not showing up in Fast 10, like he talked about how Vin Diesel made this public. They had talked. They had talked for, uh, which I didn't know. They actually conversed directly instead of like through everybody else. And he was like, yeah, I'm not going to be it, in it. And they left it not happily, but like amicably, like we're done. Um, and then after that, Vin Diesel did his very cringy post where he like magnified himself to look bigger than Dwayne and then said <laughs> my little brother Dwayne I'm like alright that's a little condescending but you know he's been acting like a little little uh, cry baby <laughs> not, not, I don't want to say cry baby because that's very but like he, he seemed to be acting like a prima donna being like candy ass and blah 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 so like yeah give it a little dig uh, but then he was like talking about how he uh you know, ta- used Paul Walker afterwards and these other things. And he's like, it just speaks to Vin Diesel's manipulation. And I was like, oh shit, this is the first time we seem to be talking about it like a human being. Yeah. And, and not like, as like a, not as like a character, like a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah. Not being like candy asses or like veiled threats or like, you know, uh, say not veiled threats. He didn't say veiled threats. That was, misspeaking but uh you know veiled references to him or saying like you know i i hold no no hard judgments against him now that we're done actually let me take that back i do hold a grudge it's like just fucking just stop stop playing these stupid games and that felt human i was like oh finally you seem like you're you're just being honest yeah i never needed a lot of detail but it's always seemed like you've been performing this well, whole it, it, feud he well the rock feels like he performs everything 
I mean, you go to his Instagram, he feels like he's performing. You go to like YouTube videos, they're like, it just, uh, he, always, he always feels like he's on a character. He doesn't feel, I don't think he feels like, to me, he doesn't feel like a real person. He always feels like he's playing himself on a movie kind of thing. I've seen Instagram videos of him meeting, meet the wish, uh, make a wish kids. And if, and I'm like, I'm happy for the kids, but I'm like, all right, you're, all right, it's public, but you seem like you're performing again for the cameras. And, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I just want to give him some grace because I've been tough on him. And I think he does need less yes men around him. But, like, I get, you know, and yeah. I I got what Vin Diesel, besides the photo cropping and the my my little brother Dwayne that's weird but like I'm sure Vin Diesel's just I saw me doing that I could see me accidentally like talking about these things that would have concerned me like if we don't make it the best possible that I'm failing my brother who passed away and like I know he said no but if I do it publicly maybe that'll get through to him and it's like dude nope you're you yeah you know, I see how you, he did pushed, it without pushed it too far. Yeah. Yeah. Without seeming like thinking of himself as being bad for doing it. But like a, a good therapist would have been like, do you realize what you're doing? <laughs> 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 it's manipulative. Um, but yeah, to, to the performance aspect, I remember every single interview when he was doing a uh, Jumanji, the next level, he kept talking about his tequila brand. Like every single interview had like a let's toast to, and it's just like all right, <laughs> like there's your way of doing it, and there's the Ryan Reynolds way of doing it, and the Ryan Ooh. Reynolds way has the very crucial detail of having a tongue firmly stuck in his cheek. <laughs> and he that, did he did mention he did come out this week and say that he noticed on the latest episode of Peacemaker. Yes. That is that is gin was on on the counter. Yeah, that was fucking great. I loved it. And like every mint commercial where it literally is nothing but performance, every aviation gin, every like behind the scenes on six underground, you know he's performing, but his tongue is firmly stuck in his cheek, and you're just like, This this is just funny because he's in on the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like Dwayne Jones is like, all right, I have this checklist that I have to hit in this interview tequila brand so people will buy my tequila it's like the new energy drink that i'm doing the new <laughs> yeah because he's like, got his own energy drink yeah the this is my uh my protein powder that i use that's sponsored or whatever it's like here's yes. here's my here's my under armor shirt my under armor pants my under armor shoes <laughs> and honestly it it made so much sense when i saw him doing some presentation to a talent agency is like you they had represented Will Smith. And he's like, I'm modeling my career off and no offense, but I'm off Will Smith. I and mean, you did a great job with him. I'm going to do it better. And I'm like, oh yeah, Will Smith keeps getting stuck in his own. This is how we make the movie. And sometimes that works with iRobot. And sometimes it's just God awful. Like with that, um, that assassin movie where he played himself younger it's just like, ooh, mediocrity. <laughs> um, I robot I've seen. I don't know which movie you're talking about where he's playing himself. 
uh, Ang Lee. No, he's not playing himself. He's playing like two different characters, and one of them he's uh, aged down. So I'll get it. It's it was um, Gemini was Man. Gemini, yeah. Okay, I I know the movie. I haven't seen it. I mean, there's plenty of. Let me just. <laughs> we're getting way into the weeds here, but let me. <laughs> I'm just gonna run down the list of Will Smith movies of late, and I'll I'll just say all the movies that go into the Will Smith. Oh, Suicide Squad did the Will Smith formula. You know, I I have a daughter, so I'm human, and that's all it needs. And uh, oh shit, Karate Kid Two is coming. Fuck yeah, wait. Hancock 2. I don't know how accurate this is because <laughs> they've been talking about Hancock 2 for a long time. But he's only a producer. Never mind. Yeah. That's a bummer. The Karate Kid 1 with his son was actually really great. Dude, he's going to do The Alchemist. Don't do The Alchemist. He's doing the Paulo Colo, Colo novel, The Alchemist. I only know of the anime, so I have no idea. <laughs> it doesn't look like he's starring, actually, so never mind. <laughs> never mind. Um, all right. Let's see. I'm going to go through the ones I've seen, and um, wow, there's a lot of shit he produced. <laughs> Why am I not seeing his acting? Okay, there we go. Bad Boys for Bad Boys there's for a Life. Bad Boys, there's a yeah. Wait, but Bad Boys for Life was three. There's an actual Bad Boys four that's going into production. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> I'm sure, sure Martin Lawrence is <laughs> ready for that. <laughs> they they should have just held the uh, Bad Boys for Life title for the fourth one. Anyway, uh, Bad Boys for Life, you know, not as bad. Gemini Man. Yep, definitely did it. Aladdin, I think they actually did a decent job, but that movie was doomed with uh, Guy Ritchie not giving a shit about the movie. Uh, Bright, Suicide Squad, uh, After Earth, I've heard. Uh, Men in Black 3, 100% did the same thing. Hancock did it. I Am Legend did it, but it was pretty good until the end. Um Hitch, you know, all these are iRobot, Shark Tale. They all go through the like, no, it needs to be a lovable guy. And so, you know, um, Wild Wild West. <laughs> I'm sure Wild Wild West, Men in Black 2. You know, there, there's, a, there's a formula to Will Smith. Sometimes it works gangbusters and sometimes it's total trash. And I think that's actually helped Will Smith because <laughs> the movies that are just trash. He, the critics are like, this movie's trash. People don't watch it. And then they don't like connect the dots so much. Dwayne Johnson keeps having modest success with movies. Just off the top of my head, Skyscraper, Jumanji terrible. 2, 3. Skyscraper was pretty bad. Yeah, it was... Uh, How the job? Terrible. <laughs> uh, yep. He does the yoink and twist from Ludwig. I was going to say this did the yoink and twist with... Um, Terminator. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is, basically, uh, this is basically like an updated version of Terminator. Yeah. But, uh, he, you know, skyscraper, you can twist from die hard with, uh, and then add, put it in China, 
for the Chinese market. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, and then Jungle Cruise just yeah in the first five minutes just national treasure another one it it ripped off so many and did so shittily (laughs) uh and then you know hobbs and shaw literally stole the MacGuffin from mission impossible 2 the worst the worst mission impossible film uh red notice was decently entertaining it's if you if you haven't seen the movie watch it one time and then just forget that you've watched it watch it one time and then go over to youtube on filmento and just watch filmento rip it apart <laughs> you'll be like all right <laughs> yep I, i've covered both bases i laughed and then i saw how hot garbage it was and i'll never watch it cr- again and i wanted to cry <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to cry no i'm saying you watch it one time you laugh you watch it oh, rip God. it apart and then you want to cry. <laughs> Um, Jesus Christ. I'm just looking at Dwayne Johnson's future ones. Red One is coming with uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, for Netflix. He's doing Black Adam. Uh, let's see. Red Notice. He was in Free Guy as a, a voice that he sent over the uh, yep. cell phone, which is funny. Yep. But yeah, Jungle Cruise, Cruise Garbage, Jumanji The Next Level was a rushed sequel. And, uh, you know, if you take that whole story of the next level and just made it so they start, each character starts off with only two lives instead of three, would have solved 99% of the problems. Um, is Christ, he did Fortnite chapter two. Okay. I just uh, realized they're doing a Halo movie too. <laughs> he is? No, he's not. I'm saying they're doing a Halo movie, so you're Fortnite. <laughs> well, they they've been talking about doing a Halo movie with um Peter Jackson for the longest time. That's why uh what is it? That District 9 came out cuz the director it fell apart and the director's like, "Well, I want to do something creative." Um God. Baywatch ripping off uh he had two movies that ripped off 21 Jump Street. Central Intelligence based on the trailer you can just see that it's ripping off the high school portion of 21 Jump Street and then Baywatch was and it was fine. It wasn't it wasn't as terrible as I thought it would be but that also ripped off 21 Jump Street. Uh I already mentioned Central Intelligence just now. San Andreas, that didn't look great. Hercules, horrible director, heard it was trash. And also he did uh, (laughs) Hercules and Scorpion King just feel so close together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's weird that he was called uh, Franchise Viagra when really all he did was Journey 2 and then didn't do a third one because it wasn't successful enough. And then he did, uh, where is it? Um, G.I. Joe 2, Retaliation. Yep. And then didn't do another one because I wasn't successful enough. And then he was brought into Fast and Furious 5. or You know, somewhere in there. So, Franchise Viagra? Mm, I don't know. Anyway, we've gotten far off the path. Way off. (laughs) 
Way off. Editing Brian. Here's the Joseph Gordon-Levitt deep dive. Enjoy. Uh, well, if anyone, if anyone's still here after we just went through uh, the rock and me Will shitting on Will Smith and Dwayne Johnson's quickly at your feeing career or slowly, let's say, uh, I'm going to just go through Joseph Gordon-Levitt's a little bit because I do want to, you know, I watched him like most people on the show Third Rock from the Sun, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he was the he was the quirky kid and you know he almost got pigeonholed into that type of character but then he did a lot of uh low budget movies some of which i actually saw not rick but the lookout oh sh- <laughs> all right it Uh-oh. is a marvel actor don't be on the imdb looking at the lookout it is a marvel actor and I'm going to make it even, it's a male Marvel actor, and their first name is Chris. Okay. Chris Pratt. That, Chris Pratt. Uh, let's see. Chris, uh, Chris Evans. Chris, oh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Oh, All wow. Right. I, I realized Chris Pratt was just the first one to come to my mind because I, like, yeah. um, I like Guardians and I like um, Parks and Rec. So he's the first one I think of when, yeah. you say, when you say Chris. There's also Chris Pine, but I already gave away that's only a Marvel actor. One of those three Chris's is literally his character in a movie called The Lookout. Which Chris can you guess? Uh, is which one would you guess is the character's name? Because I thought it was showing that he is like co-host, like a fellow star, but no, his character's name is just one of those Chris's. Um, Chris, Chris Evans makes the most sense. Chris Pratt would be pretty would be kind of weird and then Hemsworth I think that'd be super weird so I'm gonna go with Chris Evans just because I think it'd be the most logical well it's Chris Pratt <laughs> that's super weird I've he never played, seen the movie look out I I remember renting it from Blockbuster it was solid it was a good uh you know showing of his acting ability he also was in like Stop Loss which I didn't see Miracle St. Anna which I did uh, 500 days of summer. Uh, that wasn't, that wasn't bad. You know, and then he did uh GI Joe rise of Cobra, which everyone was like, huh? he was like, it was a once in a lifetime kind of thing, like a bad movie, but done by the mummy guy. So it's like popcorn that you can just, I think I've watched GI Joe rise of Cobra about 50 times, maybe 30. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen it. It's, it's popcorn. It's disposable popcorn. It's not great. But it is what it is, and it knows what it is, and it is it unabashedly. I've seen Snake Eyes. <laughs> oh, how was that? That was okay. <laughs> I feel sorry for Henry Golding because I heard that was not great. Also, yeah. who I mean, the fuck I'm... steals the naming convention from one of the worst X Men films, X Men Origins Wolverine? How are you going to do G.I. Joe Origins Snake Eyes? Why? Why would you want to subconsciously make that connection in people's minds? <laughs> Just say uh, G.I. Joe Snake, Snake Eyes. Yeah. Done. Just like Hobbs and Shaw. Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Not Fast the Fast presents. and Furious. Nope. Don't do that. That's Fast dumb. Furious presents. That sounds dumb. Or yep. just do Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. Or F and F. Hobbs and Shaw. Done. Anything. Yeah. Okay. Um. Fast Hobbs, Furious Shaw. 
that would have been better because it's so cringy <laughs> just like a lot of the franchise <laughs> presents Hobbs and Shaw <sighs> nope um, In- Inception we gotta be getting closer to Inception I was gonna say then he starts picking out you know after 500 days of summer uh, it keeps going and yeah he gets Inception one year later he also does some great, like he does the Dark Knight Rises, which is the worst of the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, but he did 50-50, which was just this stunning film, I thought. Um, Never seen it. I don't know anything about it. Written by Seth Rogen and his writing partner, Evan Goldberg, I think. Um, about a friend's real journey of recovering from cancer. Oh, okay. I think, I think, I think they I, co-wrote I, okay. it with him. I think I, I think I've heard of this movie. I might have seen this movie. Yeah, and that was that was a great film, and, and it was unusual. Like one of the people that's in it was um, Bryce Dallas Howard, and at a certain point, you know, obviously she's she's his significant other in the film. He's going through some some light spoilers. He's going through fucking cancer. And what we often don't think about in people's cancer stories is how it affects those around them. Like they are also suffering. Uh, their their pain isn't more important, obviously. <laughs> but if we're doing a tier list, yeah. <laughs> but it's still, still on there. But it's there. It's a part yeah. of it, and she, uh, she doesn't make all the right decisions. She cheats on him. She gets caught. She's talking to him. It's a scene we've seen a thousand times before where she's apologizing. You just see him, his resolve melting. And you're like, all right, he's going to take, get it. Like he's going to take her back in 10 minutes. Something else is going to happen. 15 minutes and their relationship will be over. We've seen this in films a ton of times. Seth Rogen, his best friend, busted. He's like, what are you doing? She cheated on you. Fuck this. Don't take her back. And I, when that happened, like the whole film is delightful and great and heartbreaking and like emotional and you should see it. But when that happened, I was like, holy shit. Why have I never seen this in a film? So simple. And like he gets his resolve back and breaks up with her and she leaves. It, it was just. I love that movie for that scene specifically because I've never seen that in any other film with the same situations or similar situations. Anyway, that's a great one. He, uh, he did premium rush, which was not great. It looked good. Not great. Uh, uh is that an auto racing movie? Uh, he's a bike delivery messenger. Oh, okay. Not and he gets caught up of. in something. Uh, he also <laughs> wrote and directed Don John, which, uh, co-stars, Black Widow Scarlett Johansson, who um and Julianne Moore, but uh yeah, in a in a in a sequence she uh dry humps him to completion <laughs> as a way to manipulate him into going back to school. <laughs> also had Brie Larson in it. Uh she does her job well. Uh but he wrote and directed it and it's really is really good. Uh eight out of ten. But uh, yeah, I I just want to celebrate him a little bit because you know he he got out of being 
typecast. And which, did, we talk, which we talked about last time too. Yeah. I think we much like uh, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. He yeah. did that. It took him longer. <laughs> admittedly. I think Matthew McConaughey did that in like one year. He's like, bang, bang, boom. Okay, Chris Nolan. Hello, thank you. No, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt had to do probably a decade for Chris Nolan to come calling. Like, would you like to kiss Elliot Page? Yes, please. <laughs> um, yeah. And would you also like that kiss to be completely joyless, passionless, and not engage anyone in the audience? You read my mind. <laughs> Sign me up. I'll do it for free. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say the kiss in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which is almost exactly the same scenario, is just a lot better. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a fantastic actor. I'm I'm sad that we don't see him a little bit more. Um I, mean, I think he does does a wonderful job in this movie. I think he does a wonderful job in Looper or Looper. Um Interstellar. Oh nope, the other one. Inception. There we go. We'll get there. I think he does I think he does a good job. I think he Um Yeah. I wish I wish we'd see him a little bit more. For sure. I'm looking at IMDB and only twenty eighteen and twenty eleven had one thing released with him in it. Everything else has two, three, four, five, six, six things every year. Yeah, so but, he's but in a lot. <laughs> he's in a lot, but a lot of it's like weird stuff because not because after we're done with the trivia portion of that, I, I went ahead and looked. But a lot of it's like short films, or he's a voice of, or he just no, it's a movie I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. The Trial of the Chicago Seven was good. That was on Netflix. Yeah, or he's in like one episode of a TV show just randomly. Yeah, he does. He does run HitRecord.com, I believe. Uh, that's his company. It's like a crowdsourced kind of. Uh, he's encouraging crowdsourcing creative projects. Okay, I see not not in. not monetarily, like collaboratively crowdsourcing things. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then he was. Then he he does he does this movie, and then he turns around and he's in a voice in the Last Jedi. <laughs> Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, that's not surprising. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, a, I, just, I, I wish I wish we could see him more in bigger movies. That's that's where I'm going. I'm gonna stick with it. I like George Joseph Gordon Levitt. I think he's I think he's a good actor. Yeah. Wish wish we'd see him more. Hey, all he has to do is sign up to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep, and we'll see him every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'll hey, be, he'll be on one channel or another. Some, hey, maybe um, he'll be in. Shows. <laughs> maybe he'll be in Knives Out too. He he yeah. reminds me a lot of Anna Kendrick. That okay. that may be because I just thought of her because she's also in Don John. I think did I see that right? Nope she's she's not she's in something else. Uh, but you know Anna Kendrick seems like she just does what she wants, you know. Yeah. And like does some good stuff. They can be popular, but she won't. She's not, you know, looking to be in her, have her own franchise films. Like Pitch Perfect is the closest thing Anna Kendrick's ever had to a franchise because it, it was a trilogy. But, uh, you know. Was she it, in all three or was she in just in the first two? No, she was, she was in the, all three. Okay. Um, 
but like I remember when the streaming wars started, Anna Kendrick, I saw her on fucking everything. She was on she had an HBO original show that she was on. She did a Christmas movie where she was the star for <laughs> Disney Plus. She was like she did a lot, but none of it felt, you know, like uh franchises feel when you see Dwayne Johnson in it or, you know, Bruce Willis. Uh, it's just like, oh yeah, she's doing what she wants. She was in Into the Woods, Up in the Air with George Clooney. Uh, let's see. Love Life was a TV show she did. Um, oh, cool. I just saw there was a Scott Pilgrim versus the World Water Crisis and she was in it. Kind of want to look that up now. Okay, Love Life was a Max original uh, with one of the stars of... Um, why is it not showing him as one of the top cast when he's in the yeah, uh, he, in the good place, William Jackson Harper? Oh, wow, there's a lot of great people in that. I need to check it out. She was in Dummy, which was on uh, what was that? Uh, horrible streaming show that did uh, Quibi. Oh, okay. I was like, I have no idea where we're going with this. (laughs) Yeah, that was a pretty decent show, actually. It was written by Cody... What's her last name? Cody Heller. She created it. And she is the significant other of Dan Harmon. Uh, But it was great. She actually made Dan Harmon a character. Played played by... um, No, I clicked on the wrong thing. Never mind. Not Played not by Dan Harmon, but literally named Dan Harmon and has Rick and Morty <laughs> in it. Uh, but yeah, she was just in a, she did Noel yeah. for Disney plus. She was just fucking everywhere for, for about three seconds. <laughs> no, she's, she's doing all kinds of stuff. She, she does trolls world tour as part of it. I guess that's a franchise for her. Uh, Twilight, which was a franchise. Yeah. So she's, she's continuously successful in her career. But like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, we don't look at them like Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson, you know? Yeah. Which I think is, I would prefer their career. Uh, I mean, I would love Robert Downey Jr.'s money. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But, you know, where you seem more like just a real person who's not getting harassed every fucking day, every minute. You know, yeah. uh, what do you, when you run there, like, hey, you're so and so? Like, yeah, I am. Yeah. You you seem really cool to hang out with. <laughs> I could see Joseph Gordon Levin and Anna Kendrick going to a Starbucks and not having an issue out, outside of California. Yeah. And being able to keep it on the DL. Be like, and, you know, if Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson went to a Starbucks in Colorado, Colorado it, was shut down. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, you wouldn't be able to leave that building. Yeah. COVID cases would spike because all the surrounding states would then migrate there just to see them. But, uh, and this is not a dig against Anna Kendrick or uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. I think they'd be left alone for the most part. Like, yeah, hey, you, you, are you? you'd probably, yeah, you'd have a couple cool. of people that might go up to him like, hey, uh, you know, I know you kind of get an autograph kind of thing, yeah. but not like shutting down roads <laughs> leading to that place. Probably, I ho- hopefully they don't need a security detail for their day to day life. 
I, I, I think it's sad that anybody has to have to have, have to have that, but yeah, there are some crazy people in this world. So that's why we got to keep educating people, uh, parasocial relationships, watch Bo Burnham, I guess. <laughs> I'm sad. So I don't think we brought up blind spotting and, or Charlie Bartlett. Charlie Bartlett's sad. coming in four reviews, so we'll be good. Yeah. Not including a potential Peacemaker review. I'm just going to get a uh, poster of my face just sitting here. And then I'm just going to mute my mic, walk away, come back two hours later, and then start at that at that point with Charlie Bartlett. <laughs> I'm not going to talk for two hours about Charlie Bartlett alone. <laughs> but have you seen it yet? No, I have not. All right, I, knew I, have, I knew it was, something I knew it was on the to. list. I knew it was on the list. I just haven't got that far yet. I have something to look forward to. Oh, hey, look who is in uh, Love Life. The uh, the teacher from Booksmart. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't see her little uh, her little student boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a plus. I'm, I'm okay with this. Oh, Hope no, Davis, he, Robert Downey Jr.'s mother. Hope Davis, it, who was also in Charlie Bartlett, is in Love Life. Yeah, her boyfriend isn't in, or her student boyfriend isn't in that because um, he's only been like a couple commercials and then that movie, really. <laughs> couple, I think it was like AT&T or something. It's, oh, shit. <gasps> Whoa, I just went and actually looked at the IMDb for The Lookout and it has Jeff Daniels in it with Isla Fisher. Oh, I like Isla Fisher. And, uh, and, Matthew Good, who is in uh, what? Well, he was in Watchmen. He was the, the guy who tries to kill everybody. <laughs> oh, he was also. Oh, uh, Matthew Good was in The King's Man. Oh, I'm just realizing. Let me fact check that. Yep, he is. Nice. I didn't realize that that was the same actor. That's dope. Wow, this cast is fucking stacked. Bruce McGill, Carla Gugino. Yeah. Wow. I need to watch The Lookout again. This is like, I was... Alex Borstein. The woman from uh, Family Guy and... Uh, Magnificent Miss Maisel. Wow. I just thought it was some random, like, hidden little gem that was kind of fine, but nothing, like, groundbreaking that I found in a uh, blockbuster. Damn. Never mind. The lookout. I should add to the list. 